You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. Hyped up about being up this morning at a dawn service. I've had a, two litres of coffee and so I'm ready to go. So turn to the person beside you and say, Happy Easter. High five even if you've got... Awesome. Please carry on that conversation post the service. Uh, We've got some morning tea out there, some hot cross buns and things like that. So please carry on that happy Easter welcome straight after after the service this morning. My name is Steve Graham, one of the ministers here that was nearly one of the other ministers here. And we are stoked to have you here this morning. Let me, um, if you notice this, anyone notice it? tiny, but um, a few of you with a keen eye would have seen that there's a cross on stage. We had a, uh, Jono thinks I'm funny, that's good, so, so you can laugh, at, yeah, that's alright, so I appreciate it, Jono. Um, on Good Friday, we spoke about the cross, and uh, we spoke about it being a symbol of shame, a symbol of fear, it was actually a curse word uh, 2,000 years ago, it was like a swear word, you couldn't actually say crucifixion, because no one wanted to talk about it, um, but we know that Jesus turned it into a symbol of hope and uh, turned one of the most feared symbols out there into a symbol of hope because of what he did on the cross by dying on it and uh, because it didn't defeat him, it didn't beat him, um, he's risen and therefore changed the, changed the definition. 2,000 years ago, you would not have had people wearing a cross around their neck or buying in stores. It wasn't trendy or cool. It wasn't a symbol for love or hope. Uh, it was a symbol for fear and pain. And so we explored that by putting some of our fears and some of the things that hold us back and some of the things that we identify with and letting Christ have that. So that's why that's up there and that's why there's sticky notes on there. But this morning, I want to start with a couple of stories, if that's okay. So I'll start with a story about me um, in a past life, in another life. A younger Steve, uh, I worked in media, um, did some things on a TV show, kind of a traineeship on a TV show. And um, I can remember one afternoon. I was the trainee, so I did the late shift. I got to use the editing suite late at night. My boss came in and said each week we had a show to produce and it was a music show uh, with film clips and yeah, a music show. And so he said to me, I want you to finish the show. It's got to be ready. Send off to 10 and they're going to broadcast it as they do this weekend. And so we've been pretty busy this week, so I need you to work back. Um, So it was about nine o'clock at night. I was going to work into the night to try to finish it. He put his hope in me. He put his trust in 20-year-old Steve. Yeah, oops, someone already knows. Someone already knows me. So 19, 20-year-old Steve. Anyway, we're going good, getting everything lined up, doing I'm going to be, this is awesome, going to be promoted, chief of the station or something. But I was doing well and, and about midnight getting a bit tired and uh, the hard drive comes up with some sort of error. Yeah, 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 yeah. Keep going. Oh, it's doing something now. Oh, it's deleted every single thing on the hard drive. And so it's cleared it. And so I may have even cried a little. I may even said some rude words. I wasn't a pastor then, so I'm forgiven. But I panicked. Message my boss said, I've just, I don't know what to do. The hard drive was gone. About uh, all the back footage. We got the episode up, but only because another guy came in the following night and tried to restore the hard drive and got a couple of things off it. And so everybody say... This Easter, don't put your hope in 20-year-old Steve. <laughs> let's, let's say it together. Don't put your hope in 
20-year-old Steve. It's a good lesson. Let's say it again in case one of you accidentally do this. Don't put your hope in. 20-year-old Steve. Beautiful. It's a, a life lesson. Second story, the sporting world has been shocked. Because um, who, wants to, who wants to take a guess what's rocking the news at the moment? What sport has it got to do with? Cricket. cricket. Even I'm not a big cricket follower. <laughs> uh, yeah, don't follow, I laughed at my own thing because I don't follow cricket at all. But I even know what's going on. And Australia's rocked by it, hey? Like, people are crying on the news. People are emotive. It's huge. It's everywhere. And I think it says something about us. We want people to look up to, right? We are desperate. Um, we're in a Christian sense. We're desperate. We're made to worship. We want to put our hope in some people. We want to put some hope in some things. We want people to lead us, show us a better way. And unfortunately, broken people did broken things. Um, broken people in a broken world did broken things. And it looked like they cheated. And so everybody say, don't put your hope in sports stars. You're a little bit... People love cricket, I can tell in this room, because people are actually devastated that I made them say that. But let's say it again. We don't put your hope in sports stars. stars. Good, good. And then lastly, last but not least, Ray um, led us through a brilliant reflective time of communion, talking about Steve Jobs. And this is kind of my weakness. I love the entrepreneurial type. I look up to them. I love guys that seemingly can do 10 different things and run six different businesses and invent new things and create this. And so Steve Jobs, I kind of relate to that. My weakness is I kind of put my hope in that or his technology. And he's done some amazing things, Steve Jobs. You've got Elon Musk now putting cars out in space. It's phenomenal. I love that stuff. But even he... Couldn't conquer death. Even he couldn't save us. All the tech, all the technology, all the stuff, even the geniuses are helping, but they couldn't save us. And so everyone say, don't put your hope in tech geniuses. <laughs> and let's say it again so it's even. Don't put your hope in te- Jesus, uh, tech geniuses. <laughs> I was about to say Jesus, which is the exact opposite message I'm giving today. So let's just... Forget I said that. Don't put your hope in tech, geniuses. Thank you. Okay, so one more story, and I'm going to ask Judy to come on up, and she's going to read an account over Easter from Matthew 28. Thank you so much, and it should come up here as well. Thank you so much, Judy. Matthew 28, if you want to grab a Bible from the front, or your iPhone, or Android, that's okay. And I'm reading reading the whole of the chapter. And it's headed the resurrection. Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and and became like dead men. 
But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. While they were going, behold, some of the guard went into the city and told the chief priests all that had taken place. And when they had assembled with the elders and taken counsel, they gave a sufficient sum of money to the soldiers and said, Tell the people his disciples came by night and stole him away while we were asleep. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So they took the money and did as they were directed. And this story has been spread among the Jews to this day. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Thank you so much, Judy. If you don't know what the Bible is, if you're like, what? Sometimes church is tied up in so much mystery. It is a heap of different accounts of people experiencing God. Um, something is, and, and we know this because the teaching is always thousands of years before its time. And so the New Testament consists of these different people that all saw this character, this person, Jesus, arrive on the scene and taught things that even today we're catching up to. He did miracles that were cited. And this guy, Matthew, wrote this, uh, this story or this account of Jesus and his death, his betrayal, and then therefore now his resurrection. And so Matthew simply means Matthew's the guy that saw it all, wrote it all. And um, yeah, if that, if that helps anyone understand more of the Bible. But all the, half the Bible is leading up to this point and then the rest reflects back on this point. And so super, super important morning this morning and for the life of us Christians. A couple of things to note. Two main things I just want to speak about this morning. The first one is a side note though. Jesus used women to proclaim the gospel the very first time reason that's important, in that day, 2,000 years ago, men would pray, thank you, God, I'm not a woman. Um, I'm not saying that's a good prayer. Don't hear me say that's my morning prayer. I mostly thank God for women and for my wife and my girls. And so, but that was the culture of the time. That was the Middle Eastern 2,000 years ago, ancient culture. Yet Jesus, first person, first people to proclaim the gospel 
women. Always one step ahead, even in his death and resurrection, Jesus. But my first main point this morning comes from Matthew 28, 12, from the passage just written, uh, read. The Jews try and cover it up. The Jews pay a heap of guards, say, this is not good. Can you tell people the body was stolen? found this particularly interesting because sometimes we can believe because of social media and the news and the media that trying to disprove Jesus' resurrection is a new thing. It's not a new thing. Angry internet trolls are a new thing. But ancient angry trolls on the, on not the net are not a new thing. People trying to disprove the resurrection. And I'd say it's pretty encouraging that 2,000 years later, they still haven't found the body and they still haven't disproved it. Here we are. Millions this morning meeting around this very event. And the reason people want to disprove it, I get it, I understand, it's uncomfortable. And here's why. Here's why some of your friends will even have a go at you for being at church this morning. Here's why it's uncomfortable for them. Because if it's not true, if it's false, then it has no impact zero impact on our life. If it is not false, if there was no resurrection, zero impact. If it's just in a conspiracy by the, the creators of this movement, then it has zero relevance to anything we do today. None. However, if in fact the hundreds of witnesses and all the historical accounts of Jesus, his miracles, and then resurrection is more than that, then it's beyond important. It means that Jesus and his outrageous claims that had him killed, his outrageous teaching where he used women in a world that they weren't being used, where he uplifted the oppressed and talked about social justice in a world that had no idea what that meant. His extreme generosity, his miracles that were witnessed, and then the most outrageous claim that he was in fact God, which is the very reason they killed him. They hated it. If that happened, if God came in human form, then the resurrection is more, of, more than a point of interest. It is everything. I have some quotes here about the historical account of the resurrection that I'd love to just give you this morning. This one's by N.T. Wright. He's an author and historian. A Jewish revolutionary whose leader has been executed by the authorities and who managed to escape arrest himself had two options. So anyone that followed an extremist or anyone that followed someone that had some ideals against the Roman government at the time had two options. Either give up and find, or find another leader. We have evidence of people doing both, he says, for different leaders. But claiming that the original leader was alive again and was, was simply not an option. Of course, he, of course, if he was, then that's fine, N.T. Wright says. N.T. Wright highlights here that for the early believers, if he in fact did die, then the Roman government was about to execute a heap of them and their own people were about to remove them. It was the worst reason to keep a lie. But to gather instead and grow as a movement that would take over Rome in less than 300 years, there might have been something more to their claims around the resurrection. 
How's this one? Simon Greenleaf. Either the men of Galilee were, the, were men of superlative wisdom and extensive knowledge and experience and of deeper skills in the art of deception than any and all others before them or after them, or they truly saw astonishing things. Simon Greenleaf was a judge and a lawyer in the 1800s, late 1800s, who set out to disprove it. Staunch atheist, set out to disprove it. Now he's writing (laughs) quotes about how Jesus lives. Got converted, became a follower of Jesus. And then just one more. I've got a few here I can give. If you want more information, I can give you the books that these come from. Lee Strobel. I went to a psychologist friend and said if 500 people claimed to see Jesus after he died, was it just a hallucination? He said... If an individual, uh, hallucinations are an individual event. If 500 people have the same hallucination, that might quite possibly be a bigger miracle than the resurrection. <laughs> and so he's commenting against the accusation that these guys were just crazy. But they were pretty amazing at gathering together and starting a movement. And their, their accounts are incredibly accurate. Incredible stuff. He wrote a book called The Case for Christ. He was a journalist for 15 years. Again, atheist, used his journalism skills to investigate the case for the death and resurrection of Christ. He's a Christian now and he wrote the book Case for Christ and he's going around defending the resurrected Christ. Three different people who have set out to disprove the resurrection and found themselves overwhelmed whelmed, sorry, by its historical evidence. Jesus isn't asking you this morning to put your hope in just a story. He isn't actually asking for blind hope that has no foundation. He's not asking you to believe a myth that was passed on, a fairy tale that has no lasting effect, He's not asking you to put your hope in 20-year-old media student named Steve or the Australian cricket team. Jesus, upon resurrection, asked those to put their faith in him. The seen, the touched, genius wisdom teaching, world-changing, resurrected Christ there on the beach with him. First point this morning, out of two. Don't know if it's going to come up, that's okay. We find hope in Jesus, he is risen. Everybody, I get everyone, we find hope in Jesus. He has risen. Ravi Zacharias, a Christian apologetist, says this. Outside of the cross of Jesus Christ, there is no hope in this world. That cross and the resurrection at the core of the gospel is the only hope for humanity. Whether you go ask God for wisdom on how to get the gospel in, even in the toughest situations of life, Ravi again saying, at the centre of it all is this resurrection. Second main point. What does Jesus do once he is resurrected? He has a barbecue. That's not my second main point. They eat some fish. They hang out. He leaves. He leaves his community. He leaves the church. Soon to be met with the Holy Spirit days later. And today the church stands. The gospel is still preached. How amazing is that? 
So even if you're still dealing with the fact that I'm talking about an event 2,000 years ago, I don't believe my job is this morning to prove it happened. As I said Friday, it says in the Bible, eternity is written in the hearts of all men. I believe I don't have to convince you. I believe whether you want to or not, at the core, something in you, this is a truth that is almost a deeper truth. It's in your bones. Not necessarily here to convince you this morning. But Jesus also didn't just leave us with this account. He left us with each other. You might be thinking, oh no, great. He trusted us, he had something, he left us with each other. Let me explain. Have you ever met someone, you can raise your hand, you can interact with this. Have you ever met someone that carries the hope of Jesus? Have you ever, ever met a student, a disciple means student, a student of Jesus? Someone who's let the hope change and prune and transform their life. Someone who started to deal with these things that we were on the, put on the cross Friday and just let their identity not be defined by who someone's told them, by a father figure, by a bully, by a church even, and let God redefine them. Has people met anyone like that? I get that some of you have met the opposite. I get that maybe, perhaps in the Christian world, there's people that preach one thing and then they're nasty, angry and grumpy. I bet if I ask for hands, I'm not. There might be a few more of those. But have you ever met an imperfect person who has come in contact with the Holy Spirit? Not a perfect person, but a student of Jesus. It's incredible to witness. I think about a few people in this congregation. Now, I'm sorry if you knew I am going to list some people that you may not know. But I think of Anne and Wayne. A couple I've got to know as our journey here at Burley. Uh, a couple that found God uh, later on in life. And he changed them dramatically. Where they let kids into their home to live with them just because that's what they do. Where they're the salt and light at their local surf club and just love on all those guys. Where Wayne is known as a rock in that surf club just because of the way he lives. I think of the lady who read, if you don't know, Judy. I've only got glimpses of her story. I've only been here a year. I'm only learning. But the thing she's been through. But she walks around with this confidence or this better yet, this peace. She's let God do something, resurrect something in her. And it's incredible to see. Think about my co-pastor Neil. He's just recently had a 31-year-old energetic young boy run around the stage and mess everything up and do a heap of things. But in all of it, had this sense of peace and joy. Neil's told me a bit of his story. He's had some suffering. He's had some hard times. But if you know him, there's this sense of joy deep, deep, deep. And that cannot be explained other than he has come in contact with something. And then lastly... Observe Rob and Bev. Rob's not here this morning, but Bev. I won't tell the whole story right now, but they are faced with some 
intense stuff and it's cancer related. And I got the pleasure of coming to say hello when they first found out the news. And were they ecstatic? No, 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 that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about an emotion. I'm talking about something deep within them that had a sense of peace that if she could, she wanted to lead this morning with our worship. There was something that said in the face of death and sickness and suffering, there was something deeper, a hope, something that's being resurrected. And as a young guy with very little experience around that, I, it's changed me just meeting them and seeing that. Take the account of Jesus out for a moment. God is still resurrected. He is still doing something and he is still moving. And so my second point, if you're taking notes, we find hope seeing Jesus in his disciples, which is a Christianese word for students. We find hope seeing Jesus in his students. The resurrected Jesus moves today. His spirit changes today and we can bank on that. Amongst the hopelessness, we have hope. We're given a purpose from the purpose giver. We have a meaning in the simple meaningless of life and, and you just have to look outside to see more and more meaningless both now and eternally we're not defined by our circumstances our mistakes we're not unable to cha- uh, not change we're not always stuck we're defined by him who created all things and wants to move and change us today Our hope does not rest in a 20-year-old media student, a cricket team, a celebrity, a witty YouTube personality. Our hope can rest in the working, moving, risen Jesus and his work in us. Just to make sure you're not asleep, is that good news? Our hope rests in him. 1 Peter 1, 3, 6. Let me read this to you. Praise to be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he's given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power into the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. And all of this you greatly rejoice through now for a little while you may have to suffer grief of all kinds I don't know where you sit right now this morning there's a lot of new faces so I don't pretend to know you all some of you have been dragged along here <laughs> come to Easter come on come on come to Easter it's the one time we go come to Easter I get that I get that and that's okay some of you this is the second time you'll come this year Christmas and Easter that's completely okay too some of you have been here every year for the last 104 years. Every week, sorry. And some of you are somewhere in between. But I think we can all agree we live in a world that is desperate for something to hope for. Someone to anchor ourselves to, something that is deep and real. I say it again, we won't find it in politicians, we won't find it in celebrities entrepreneurs, geniuses, or even their amazing inventions. We'll find it in a guy that's teaching was way before its time, miracles that were witnessed, a death that forged a way back to him, and a resurrection that assured us of his power 
and a people that have lasted 2,000 years from a group of people in a room. And when they have genuine contact with it, their lives are changed. So there's three people in this room that I'd like to just speak to and then we're going to finish off this morning. One of you, group of you, are new and you're visiting. I believe eternity is written on your heart. I believe you know this. Whether you've made sense of it or whether I've articulated every single book of the Bible and you understand the correct theology of exactly what happened on the cross and the resurrection, you've got it all sorted. I don't believe that. But I believe there's something, if you're new and visiting and you haven't came in contact with Jesus, I believe you know what I'm talking about. And I'm going to ask, I'm going to give you a way to respond in just a moment. The second person is someone who's been journeying with Jesus, is a student, but needs this reminder. We need as many reminders as we can get at the hope we have. Because the world's preaching hopelessness, we're preaching hope. And so maybe for you it's a renewal. Maybe you need someone to get beside you as a student and another student and walk this journey together. Or a group of students then I'm going to give you a way to respond in just a moment. Actually, those two ways, I want to show you a card. It's in your... I'll give it to you now, in fact. There's this card, a purple card, We Grow, that is probably on your seat, now on the floor if you have kids. Um, mine will probably have Aria written on it. But find one. And I'm going to give us the opportunity that Jesus, I guess the last commandment he gave us, if you are interested in finding out about Jesus, if you're interested in finding the hope, the light, if you're interested in seeing your life resurrected, not just in the future, not just eternally, that's too long away for me. If you're interested in finding purpose and life today and growing in it, I want you to have a look at that and fill it out and let us know. We'd love to connect you in with someone that would love to walk that journey with you. If you want to grow and you're part of this church, also fill out the form. We'd love to get you into a group of people that are walking, encouraging and reminding you of the hope that is found. If you're from another church, jump into that church. Find a group like this. Find a way to be mentored, walked beside each other. Jesus' plan was for us to come together as students. Church was never meant to be a social club. Church was meeting in homes originally around some crazy, amazing, radical message that has changed the world. So I'm not asking you to sign up to a club. I'm not asking you to do any of that. I'm asking you to journey with us as we explore the hope found in the resurrected Jesus together. Amen? All right, let me pray. We're going to sing a song and then we're going to enjoy some hot cross buns, I think, if there's enough. We'll halve them and then we'll enjoy half each. Let me pray. Cold cross buns. Cold hot cross, cross buns. Let me pray. Father God, thank you so much for Easter. Thank you so much that we have assurance. We don't have hope in the things of this world. We don't have hope in celebrities or tech or geniuses even. Or 20-year-old Steve. We have hope in something deeper that's assured, that's seen. We have hope in Jesus. And I pray wherever we are in life at the moment, 
we can consider becoming students to that. Consider exploring that afresh today. Consider digging a bit deeper. Consider letting God go a bit deeper in us. Thank you for this weekend. Thank you for this reminder. In Jesus Christ's name, amen.